You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, welcome in. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. I will preface it by saying there's way more than I could ever possibly hope to squeeze in in a mere 60 minutes. So let's get right to it. The number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I'm on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. The Regal Tumble continues today, day number 16, and controversy. Friday's result. Did we have our first double elimination? We had to go and research I had to actually go and research the show uh, on Sunday, during an NFL Sunday. Now, I'm not going to tell you if we had a double, I'm not going to give that away at the top of the show, but we'll clarify as day 16 of the Regal Tumble happens today. But, of course, let's begin with the football, and let's begin with the Giants, because the Giants played Washington yesterday, and we all know what that means, right? That means the Giants are going to get a win. That's what happens. Now, it's not as reliable as Giants-Eagles, which means the Giants are going to get a loss. But the way it works, in case you're not, you know, all there, I guess, but the way it works in the NFC is the Giants beat Washington, right? The Eagles beat the Giants, and then the Cowboys beat nobody. But that's a story for another time. The Giants faced a football team yesterday, and just what you kind of hoped going in. Another excellent first quarter. Giants have kind of done that this year, have come out strong in games. Grab a 10 nothing lead. And actually, an excellent first half. A first half that included, hold on to your hats, an Evan Ingram touchdown. Whoa! Didn't even know that was possible. Un- more, more unlikely than 70 degrees and shorts and flip-flop in November, Evan Ingram caught a touchdown pass. And the Giants were up 20-3 to at the half. You think, maybe they're going to roll. Maybe this is going to be the blowout win, right? Not have all these close games. By the way, did anyone else hear Jonathan Vilma say, hey, Evan Ingram dropped that uh, that pad, that easy pass there. That rarely happens. What, what are you talking? That's his go-to move. That's what he's most known for. That would be like, Adam Gaze rarely coaches a bad game. No, that's... Patrick Mahomes really t- he rarely throws touchdown passes, but I I digress. But you thought maybe you know maybe this is the week the Giants can just kind of get an easy win. I'm not even saying a blowout win. I'm not saying win you know thirty five to ten, but yeah, at least not have to come down to the fourth quarter. But it was not to be because Kyle Allen gets hurt. Another scary leg injury there. So Alex Smith, speaking of go to moves, he comes in. And at least in the second half, Smith able to get something going for Washington. First drive of the second half, they get a touchdown there. Giants come back, get a field goal, 23-10. You're still feeling pretty good. But then Washington gets a field goal to make it a touchdown game. Terry McLaurin, thanks to some terrible tackling, uh, he comes up and and gets a a touchdown, 68 yards. And you're thinking to yourself, oh, boy, here we go again. Now, it's still a three-point lead, but it's another close game for the Giants. And Giants have played a bunch of close games this year. And have lost a bunch of close games this year. But from that point on, Alex Smith kind of took care of it. And the Giants kind of took care of it with a couple of interceptions. So the Giants win, Giants win. Oh, my God almighty, the Giants win. Now, look, you had to win that game. For all the talk, and we spoke about this on Saturday. We t- spoke about this during this show uh, on Friday. For all the talk about close losses, 
when the only team you beat is Washington, you know, you have to continue to beat that team, right? You can't lose out on the one thing that you do well. And I do think that there's a big difference between two and seven and one and eight. You know, going into the weekend, there were a bunch of, uh, you know, or at least early on this year, there were a bunch of really bad teams, right? Uh, No win teams, one win teams. Well, now that we're through almost completely through week nine, there's only two teams that have one or fewer wins. And we know one of them. They play tonight. Uh, The Jets and the other one, obviously, is the Jaguars. That's it. So you can't be in that group and continue to kind of paint this, but we're making progress kind of thing. So on Saturday, I said for all the talk about the Giants and the quarterback and the future and all that type of stuff, that that question's not really going to be an issue, I don't think, at the end of this year, because the Giants are not going to have the second pick. Like, for a while, we've been, you know, people have been saying, oh, Giants and Jets, one and two. Uh, I think you've seen enough progress from the Giants that, not that they're going to be good, but they're just not going to be epically bad. So, Daniel Jones had a clean game uh, against Washington. No turnovers, no interceptions. He did fumble once, but he recovered it. So, uh, if he doesn't recover it, that's a different game. But, Going into this game, you needed to see some progress for him. What's alarming is not just the turnovers, but the consistency of right every single game. And it's one of those things that we talked about even coming into this year. So you have to see some progress from him where he has some clean games. Now, I don't think, and I don't think anybody thinks that this means the problem is over or that there's not going to be other times where he has turnovers uh, that just kind of plague his game. But at least for one game, when he had only had one game in his career up until yesterday without a turnover, having a game without a turnover is is noteworthy. Now he has to do it again. Now he's got to do it again next week. So credit to Daniel Jones for having a clean game and a three-point game. He needed to have a clean game. Credit to the offensive line, the young offensive linemen, who were, I thought I thought a little rough early on and a little rough late. But they opened up some running lanes. The Giants actually had a running game that was actually a factor. Wayne Gallman was uh, was good. Alfred Morris was good. They projected uh, protected Jones for the most part. It was not running for his life. Now, I hate to be uh, a Debbie Downer, and I don't think that it's being a Debbie Downer. But can we just enjoy, like, you haven't had that many wins, right? You finally win a game. And it seems like as soon as the Giants win a game, people are bringing up, you know, this might be a jumping off point. Maybe things are starting to change. Maybe you're starting to see some progress. You know, the NFC East is there to be taken. Maybe the Giants are going to be a factor. Can you just enjoy a game? Can you just sit back and say, you know what, at least for one Sunday... The Giants didn't give it away. At least for one Sunday, the quarterback didn't just give it away. For one Sunday, you didn't lose. And just take it and, and, and compartmentalize it in that way. That here's this, this one nice thing in a sea of, of, of disappointment and, and losses. Here you go. Here's a win. And look, I'm not telling you it's crazy. But is that where we are now, where if it's not crazy, let's talk about it? Let's see some actual evidence of it. For I don't think I'm being Debbie Downer. I think I'm being Randy realistic. Let's not get carried away and think because you were able to beat Washington. And let's, talk, let's, let's say what it is. Like, I don't want to be negative, but you want a, ga- uh, you want a game against a team who you always beat 
who, by the way, is terrible, when they had their backup quarterback in, and you won the turnover battle, what, 4 nothing, 5 nothing, And you won by a field goal. I mean, look, if you could figure out a way to play Washington every single week, well then, yeah, I do think the Giants have a shot to win the NFC East. But you don't play them again this season, unfortunately. So I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but can we just enjoy the win for what it is and think, okay, maybe, and I'll grant you, maybe this is a sign that Things are pointed in the right direction. But let's not get carried away when talking about competing in the division. And, hey, you know what? Uh, The Eagles only have these many wins. Nobody else is good in the division. You're not good either. So just, I thought that the Giants were going to win some games here. And I'm sure that they will win some games down the stretch. But let's not use it as a jumping off point. But, Gordon, it's not crazy to think. I realize it's not crazy to think it. But just because it's not crazy doesn't mean we have to start expecting it, do we? Now, if you look, I'm not being a Debbie Downer. If I wanted to be a Debbie Downer, I could really present the case why Dave Gettleman's going to be back next year. I mean, you, you, you want to, you know, be careful what you wish for, Giant fans, because you could all of a sudden start winning some games down the stretch, which I expect they're going to do anyway. And you could compete in the NFC East this year, and who knows? Maybe it's not crazy. I'll grant you that to think that you might actually be able to win the division. But be careful what you wish for, because that comes with ramifications. That comes with consequences. And if you were going to present the case for why Dave Gettleman was going to get come back after this year, well, I think you progress is a very nebulous term, right? Especially when you've been as bad as the Giants have been over the last three years with Dave Gettleman on board. So if the Giants do go out and win four games this year, five games this year, I think you can present that as some progress, even though the win total is not higher than the year before. Because you'd have to say, even right now, with just two wins, Dave Gettleman was instrumental in finding the coach. And the coach seems like he's, everybody loves the coach, right? You'd also have to say now, over the last couple of weeks, you get to see this offensive line, the young pieces of this offensive line is showing some signs. And you'd also have to give Dave Gettleman credit for the free agent choices the Giants made this offseason. Blake Martinez, everybody loves Blake Martinez. He's played great. Bradbury's been good. And you'd have to think that the quarterback is going to win some games where he does not turn the ball over every single solitary week, which he had up until the halfway point of the season. He had pretty much done. So that is trending upward. So be careful, Giant fans. Enjoy the win. Take it for what it is. You don't have to have it as a jumping off point. Let's put it that way. It's just a win. And if you want to prove something, that comes next week. That comes next week against the Eagles. For now, just enjoy a win for a change. You don't get them that often, even if you do get them against Washington all the time. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. 1-800-919-3776. So coming up, we'll kind of recap week nine. We'll get your phone calls involved. We've got the Regal Tumble controversy, plus big change to the show. You probably don't know it yet. But producer Brian, who has been uh, running the show here for the last, I don't know, year or so, he has been shifted tonight. So we are very lucky. I am very lucky 
that Ray Santiago is now coming in. I don't know if Ray's excited about it, but I'm very excited to have Ray on board. So, Ray, I know you've not had a lot to uh, look forward to with the uh, the Cowboys this year, obviously. Oh, no, not at all. But I'm, I'm very happy to have you, and uh, uh, welcome aboard. Uh, pr- thank you, Gordon. It's uh, Listen, it's a pleasure to be here. I was with you a couple weeks ago, and yep. I, I guess that was the, uh, the tryout session to make sure that I, I could wake up this early and right. make sure that everything's up and swimming. And so far... New studios and everything. Everything seems, everything seems to be working, so I'm going to keep crossing my fingers back fingers here. Fingers crossed, buddy. All right. Well, we have worked together many, many times before, but now we'll be doing it on a consistent basis. I had a fantastic weekend. Dolphins, fantastic road win. Tua and O. Oh, Tua time. I'm loving Tua time. Cliff Kingsbury not going for it on a fourth and one when Kyler Murray had not been touched all day in the fourth quarter. What are you doing? I had a winning week on FanDuel. Now, look, all that excitement will be tempered by the fact tonight I have to watch the Jet game. I mean, that just sucks the life out of anybody. But, hey, did I tell you the Michael K. Show 20 and 20 contest continues today at 3 p.m. because that's what time their show is on. Be listening for your chance at 20 great prizes over 20 days to make your home life a little more enjoyable for today. Again, I think they're making a mistake by allowing me to reveal this, but today guys are giving away 1000 bucks in cash. It's the 20 and 20 contest. It's brought to you by PC Richardson, Kansas City Steak, the Bardishan Premium Cocktails on Demand, and of course, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York, 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number, 1-800-919-3776. So, you know, it's week nine in the NFL, and kind of, I, I, there, there are games that I watch, and this segment really should be called, Gordon, what did you bet on this weekend? You know, I'm in New Jersey, I got my FanDuel, I love my FanDuel, I got all these different things going on, and I'll tell you, between all the different things, it's very rare to have a happy NFL weekend. Because if you're like me, you got bets that you're making, right? You have a team that you root for, and then you got a fantasy team. So the chances of you hitting all three of those things right in a weekend, very, very difficult to do. But let's start this segment, which what I'd like to not officially call it, because I think maybe I might get in trouble for it. Things Gordon bet on this weekend. So let's start... Let's start with the bad, because this week, coming into the week, I remember looking at all the different lines and thinking to myself, boy, Seahawks only giving up three on the road? Poof! Let me, let me get in on that action. Well, safe to say, the cash-out feature never popped up in the, uh, in the feed uh, over the weekend, because the Seahawks went to Buffalo. And, you know, it's funny, because they kept running ads for WWE's SmackDown, which airs on Fridays. But it was almost like Fox, when they run ads for like a new show, and then the star of that show is in the stands at that game, because the Seahawks got handed their heads, among other body parts, in an absolute smackdown yesterday in Buffalo. I mean, the first quarter defense for the Seahawks, it was like they were playing prevent defense. It was like... They didn't know that there was a game at 1 o'clock. It was almost like a Jet game. That's what it was like. It was like the Jets came out, and they're like, oh, wait a sec, this is this counts? We're playing, this is for real. Oh, gee, I didn't realize. And, you know, the Seahawks had this great record of traveling east and playing at 1 o'clock games. Any, it'll only be one loss, but all that good mojo was completely wiped out against the Bills team. Well, let's be honest, has not played that well. They barely beat the Patriots a week ago, didn't play that well against the Jets. They lost to the Chiefs, got absolutely destroyed by the Titans. 
They even got lucky to beat the Rams. Remember that Rams game in like week three or week four? But they were very impressive yesterday. And look, I think that that game yesterday tells us more about the Seahawks than it does about Buffalo. But give uh, credit to Josh Allen, played his best game of the year. The defense, which is not very good for Buffalo, or at least has not been so far, uh, got five sacks, four turnovers. It seemed like every single time I looked up, uh, Russell Wilson was on the ground every single play. So let Russ cook. Uh, he was set on fire. I mean, he was like me cooking on uh, Sunday. So that was rough. Uh, Bills beat the Seahawks. I thought the final score was 5,000 to 10. It says here it was 44-34. Certainly not indicative of what kind of game it was. Ravens beat the Colts 24-10. to A game that featured legitimately one of the most ridiculous interceptions of all time. And not ridiculous like, wow, what a play. Ridiculous in that they called that an interception. Marcus Peters caught it for like a split second, and it got knocked away. Now, I don't know if they originally, I wasn't watching that game exclusively. You know, I got the Octo Box going on with the Sunday ticket. So I saw it out of the corner of my eye, and I saw that Al Riveron, is he stationed in Oregon? Because I think he's taking some magic mushrooms. Because that was not an interception. And at any other time, that would completely not be an interception. But yet, for some reason, yesterday it was. Now, I I was on the Ravens, so I was happy it was. Uh, The only thing worse than that interception was Phillip Rivers' uh, tackle attempt, which I'm sure you've seen by now on the defensive touchdown for Baltimore. So the Ravens get a win there, uh, 24-10. Dolphins, they beat the Cardinals 34-31. Really a wild game, one of the best games of the weekend. Kyler Murray, oh my God, do I hate Kyler Murray already. You just want someone once to just hit him clean once. Now, it's going to happen eventually. did not happen yesterday. And I hate him because he was playing against my team, but he is an electric player. He's like the old uh, the old ad, Scrubbing Bubbles, where he's just, just zooming around, playing at a different speed than everybody else. And he was absolutely electric yesterday. And that, you know, for the Dolphins, that's, in years past, typical fraud Dolphins. They win in Week 9. They get you to believe a little bit, a gutsy win, a shorthanded win. But maybe it's a little different this year. I don't. I, I've been burned by love too many times that I'm not going to love again just yet. But Tua played really, really well. He was okay for most of the game, and there was nothing really spectacular until that final drive, which I will be rewatching many, many times, many, many times. And the really impressive thing about him is. Only one time, I think, in the entire game did he have back-to-back incompletions. So very, very accurate, which we all kind of knew. And Dolphins lost some guys. You know, they didn't have the, the running back Gaskin coming into the game. They lost Preston Williams during the game. I had a whole bunch of coaches that uh, were put into, I guess, quarantine because of COVID-19 stuff. So to go in on the road and get a win against, a, uh, I think, a pretty good Cardinals team, uh, that's an impressive win, so good job by them. Uh, Speaking of games I was on yesterday, Falcons finally found a lead they could not blow. Almost, almost, they were up 34-13 with nine minutes to go. They won 34-27. And that's a perfect example of why you don't fire Adam Gase, because now the Falcons are 3-6, and right? Falcons were right down there with the Jets. And the coaching change, whatever, changed the mojo of the team and kind of has them, you know, maybe playing a little bit better. Not a whole lot better. All right, they almost blew another lead, but they didn't blow the lead. So now they're three and six, and now they're kind of no man's land, right? Three and six is not getting you, you know, that high a pick, and it's not like you had a good season either. So that's kind of rough. Speaking of high picks, 
Houston beat the Jags 27 to 25. Yesterday overall was a pretty good day for the Jets. A, they didn't play, and that always helps. And then B, you had a bunch of teams that were battling, you know, kind of trying to see if they could catch up to the Jets with that insurmountable one game lead. Uh, but they won. So it was an overall good day, but the real contender, if you, if the Jets have a contender for the number one pick overall, it's pretty clear who that team is. That team is Jacksonville. Now, we'll see. We'll see if the Jacksonville, if the Jets can ever win a game. I don't think that they will. And I think that Jacksonville, you know, that's how you know the Jets are bad. Think of a bad team. Jacksonville, Dallas, Washington, whoever, Giants. A, they've won, right? So that's that's already better. But they have moments in games where you think, you know, not that you think that they're good, but you think, all right, maybe they can do something here. Maybe they can win a game. Maybe they can make a play. The Jets don't have any of those moments. Even yesterday, Jacksonville had some moments where you're like, oh, you know, this guy Luton who's playing Oregon State. I have no idea who the heck he is. But he has some moments where he's making plays uh, DJ Chark uh, making catches, you know, they, they put up some points. The Jets never do that. They're never, in, they're never really in contention at all. So that just shows you how much worse the Jets are, even than a bad team like Jacksonville or Houston or anybody else. Uh, speaking of games, oh, my God, speaking of bets yesterday, anybody else have the Raiders yesterday? Oh, that is a classic. I love gambling kind of game. Yes, I love gambling. Raiders beat the Chargers 31-26, and it really serves the Chargers right for wearing those Navy uniforms. You know, the Raiders uniforms are beautiful. Those those Raider uniforms now, they might be terrible for announcers because I don't see how you'd be able to see those numbers from, like, uh, the, the press box. But the Raiders uniforms are really underrated gorgeous, and the Chargers have the powder blues. Why would you switch from the – they're wearing Navy. What, what are you doing? But, of course, it came down to the final play. I had Raiders. I, I know other people had Raiders plus one. I had Raiders minus one, and they had they had two cracks. The Chargers from like the the ten yard line, right? And the first play went to Mike Williams. He catches it, but couldn't hold on to it as he comes down to the ground. So all right, you get one final play, and that one final play in real time looked like a touchdown. On replay. Looked like a touchdown. Third replay still looked like a touchdown. Then they showed like some different kind of angle of it. And you're like, oh, wait a second. Wait a second. No, he didn't catch it. And sure enough, he didn't catch it. So the the Chargers who continue. You ever see like a, a movie franchise or a book franchise where you're like, how could they possibly come up with another sequel? That's the Chargers. They They're like Harry Potter. Every week, they got seven books of Harry Potter. Every week, the Chargers, they got like 50. They got 50 books of how to lose a game. It's incredible how they continue to lose these games. Three and 15 now in one-score games over the last two years. All six losses this year have been one-score games by an average of four points. Just an absolutely brutal loss for the Chargers and an absolutely fantastic win for my FanDuel account. Oh, did I love that game. That was that that took the day that was good and made it great. Good stuff by the Chargers, good stuff by the Raiders, and mostly good stuff for me. Uh, and then the one final game that I watched, at least until halftime, and you only watched until halftime because that's all you needed to watch. The Saints absolutely just manhandled the uh, Buccaneers last night, 38-3, to and it was not even that close. Uh, New Orleans just at, opened up a can of uh, 
I think I can't say it, but whoop, whoop butt. They, uh, they opened up a can of whoop butt, then they opened up a bottle of whoop, and then a canister of whoop. And uh, I'm sure today the takes will be, see, Tom Brady's old now, which is just so stupid. Again, much like the giant thing. Like, I get that you can kind of envision a scenario. Hey, you know, Giants won a couple of wins. It doesn't mean that we have to start using that as, like, our jumping off point. And the Tom Brady is old is just stupid. Now, I will say, obviously, that loss kind of puts them behind the eight ball for winning the division. And Brady has thrown seven interceptions this year, five of them against New Orleans. And I thought the, the really interesting thing was that yesterday, at least uh, I've not gone back and checked this, but according to the stats that I saw, first time ever that Tom Brady has been swept by a division opponent. That can't possibly be right, right? There has to be a year where one of the teams in the AFC East swept them. But I'm going to go with it because I read it, and it must be true. Uh, but speaking of dumb, it seems now that there's this like reaction to the Brady-Belichick question, almost like week to week it changes, like the Brady and Breeze stats change from week to week. Let's just see where things go, right? Like, I get Tom Brady had a terrible game yesterday. The Buccaneers looked absolutely awful. But it's almost like nowadays people have to be the – if you're not the first one on the bandwagon – uh, it's like it doesn't count. How about you just use your eyes and see what actually, rather than trying to project what's going to happen so you can say, hey, I was the first one to say that, just to actually see what actually does happen and then kind of react to it as you go rather than trying to project something that what you see with football games when you bet them every single week, like we all, you know, if you bet or you, you kind of predict what's going to happen, we hope nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody know. You telling me anybody who bet the Raiders yesterday thought that that's the way the game was going to end, or I mean, countless every single week. You you you, you kind of maybe once in a while you know, but you really don't because these games are just too unpredictable. One eight hundred nine one nine ESPN. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Let's get a call in here before the break. Do we still have Lewis and Whippany? Lewis, what's going on, buddy? Hey, how you doing, boy? I'm good, man. What's up? Hey, listen, um, I actually tried to help you uh, uh, when I called out the uh, 15%. It was just so hard to go through all that stuff, man. Oh, no, I, fa- I found the answer for it. We'll have the answer coming up for the Regal Talk. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I was like, oh, I had to give up. The, you know, the things happened on Saturday, and I definitely had to give up. Um, listen, sounds like I the really Cowboys. want to talk about it. What happened? I said it sounds like the Cowboys. You said you had to give up. Yes, 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 yes. I, I actually want to talk about the Cardinals, but the Cowboys is better for me because, like, man, like, I can't really see it. Uh, I watched Jared play uh, when he was in the AAF. Uh-huh. And yes, you were the, the one guy, AAF fan. That is true. <laughs> he won. He won, right? Now, like, the guy the guy played great in that league, right? So, I mean, obviously, you saw, you saw it yesterday. The guy played good. He wasn't, like, he was very competent, put it that way. Right, so I'm just I'm just thinking I'm wondering, you know, people people that don't like Dak or you know people that think that the Cowboys just want to find a way to like uh, cheap out on Dak. Uh, I mean, do you think if uh, Gary just keeps playing out of his mind right now, well, I, well, compensate. You, you think you think uh, you know the the Cowboys would just sit there and pretty much say uh, you know this is what this is what we got for you, or you know we'll just go with uh, Gary. Are you crazy? No, of course they're going to resign Dak. But like I said, I, I understand the situation, but come on. Let's say Gary goes out and actually wins more than enough games to win the division, plays a playoff game, wins the game. You don't think that's going to happen? 
It's a, it's, I'm just, I'm Are you taking magic mushrooms? The Cowboys <laughs> in the, the playoffs? What are you talking about? What, what do you mean? Uh, dude, the division is so bad. We all know it's just Cowboys, as bad as the division is, the Cowboys suck. I mean, they're, they're terrible. They're on their fourth quarterback. They're not going to... Sorry, Lewis. We got one in, look, we got... Look, no, thanks for the call. I appreciate you making the effort. Uh, I think all those AAF games are starting to rot your brain. The Cowboys in the playoff. What are you talking about? I get it's Monday, and maybe maybe not everybody had as great a weekend as I did. But the Cowboys in the playoffs... The Cowboys aren't even allowed to talk about the playoffs. They're not going anywhere near the playoffs. What are you t- I, is it me? Maybe it's me. I, maybe it's me. All right, coming up, 1-800-9... Maybe we should not... I should not give out the phone calls number anymore. We got to... See, that's what I'm talking about. Like, there's a lot of times where things come up, and I say, you know, we take calls all the time, and not all of them are golden. Boom, that's an example right there. I love them, but, you know, come on. Uh, Coming up, it is time for the legal... The regal tumble. The sensation sweeping the nation. We'll get into the controversy from Friday. We'll have today's entry or entries... Was it a double elimination on Friday? We will clarify next. It's the Gordon Bamer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. It was an extremely emotional week, as, as you guys know, for my last time I talked to y'all with my wife. And uh, extremely grateful. Uh, to the organization and to my wife, to the fighter, um, for her not to, for not to lose her there in that situation, very uh, fortunate. At the same time, my wife and I mourn in silence of our lost child um, during that process too. So we had a loss as well. And uh, although it's a great story, it was, it was an emotional week for me and her. And uh, that game was definitely for my wife. It was definitely, um, definitely for my family. Um, I had her name written on my cleats. And, just extremely grateful and uh, that I have a great wife and that ball's for her. She told me to bring one home for her, so I was able to do that. All right, so you go. Logan Ryan uh, of the Giants yesterday. Giants were able to uh, seal the win thanks to Logan Ryan. And uh, obviously everything that he went on, went on for him and his wife uh, over the past week. Of course, the story well documented about his wife uh, needing to be rushed to the hospital with a medical emergency and everything that the Giants trainers helped them, you know, recognize the situation early. If they had not, uh, who knows how, you know tragic of a story that could be but uh, good stuff for logan ryan and his wife there so uh that's our moment of inspiration for this monday morning it is the gordon damer show it is 98.7 fm espn new york so first segment we kind of broke down the giants performance which good anytime the giants anytime any team can get a win this year it's good stuff especially the giants who never win but they can beat washington for whatever reason they can beat Washington, and they did yesterday. So now, all of a sudden, two wins on the year. Doubling up, right? Had one, now two. Who knows where this could go? And I'm sure that a lot of people over the course of the day will use this as a jumping-off point to say, you know what, mate? It's not that crazy. It's still kind of crazy. Uh, and when you can only beat the Washington football team, if that's the only team you can beat, you have to prove a little bit more than that before you start talking crazy. And yes, if you are going to use today as a way to say, you know what, it's not that nuts for the Giants to be a part of the NFC East mix, yeah, it still is. It still is. When that You don't have any more games left against Washington. It would be great if they played them five more times and then they could really have a shot, but they don't. So the Giants we opened up with, we touched on all the NFL stuff in segment number two, but that's not really 
what we do here. What we do here is the, the regal tumble. You know it. You love it. It's starting to really catch on now. We've been very impressed with the numbers overall. So let's get to day number 16 of the regal tumble. Oh, no, not the countdown yet, Ray. Not the countdown. We do the dramatic music first. Ray, this is his first day, so we'll give him a little bit of a pass. Do you have the dramatic music for underneath me? There we go. Yes. The regal tumble continues. Day number 16. Now, Friday, very controversial because we got to a situation where The Wire, American Classic, finished the voting at 15% and people thought double elimination. If you end up at 15%, I went back. I listened to the shows and I thought that this was the case and it did turn out to be the case. It has to be below 15%, not at 15%. And if you want to go back and listen, last Monday... I had a section of the show where I said it has to be under 15%. So the wire finished at 15%, so they barely survived. It would be like getting thrown over the top rope, but you land on the apron of the ring. You remember that that move from all the WWF and WWE shows? So, yes, the wire, very close to being eliminated, but they survived. Much like Clay Davis, the character Clay Davis in the wire. He, uh, he survives, as do they. So, no double elimination, at least not yet. But today could happen again, right? We, unless the wire starts improving their numbers overall, they're going to get eliminated here pretty quickly. So we'll find out today. But the three shows that we do know are in the Regal Tumble today, day number 16. They are, of course, the heavyweight. Maybe the number one overall seed if we were to have seats. The Sopranos. Who else? Of course, Seinfeld. Still very strong numbers. Maybe not as impressive as The Sopranos, but holding their own. So far, so good for them. And then, of course, the number three uh, of the mix there is also we have... If you, walk through the uh, if you walk through the garden, you better be getting more than 15% of the vote. I'll tell you that right now. So there you go. Those are the three we know. All right, now, Ray, let's do the countdown and find out who enters the fray today. Trek. Now, as I've said before, these are not my suggestions. I did not come up with these shows. You came up with these shows. So the Gordon Damer show bears no responsibility for entries. And usually you're either a Star Trek guy or a Star Wars guy. I was a Star Wars guy, mainly because it was eight when I came out, and then I got a girlfriend. So I kind of moved on quickly, but if I had to qualify myself as either one, I would say Star Wars. I did not have a girlfriend at eight. It took a little took a little longer than that, but you know what I'm saying. I, I I started occupying my time with other things rather than Star Trek and Star Wars. Now, look, this Star Trek as being part of this, I would think that you would have to say it's the original series, right? But that original series had nine different spin-off shows. So anything under that umbrella you can consider. And maybe you consider the entire case of Star Trek just as a whole. That has to count for something. And financially, because I do some research on this stuff, financially one of the most successful franchises of all time. Billions and billions of dollars they have made as a result of all those different shows. 83% on IMDb, 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. Day 16 of the Regal Tumble. 
you have today's entry is Star Trek. So you can vote. It is up on Twitter. It is at Gordon Damer. And uh, we'll see how the voting goes today. I, I can't say that I know for sure which way this is going to go. But we'll see how it goes. Star Trek, The Wire, The Sopranos, and Seinfeld. Those are your four shows. Please vote accordingly. 1-800-919-ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Coming up. We'll kind of recap the show a little bit. We'll get back into the Giants talk. We'll get back into the NFL. Of course, we'll kind of preview what's coming up. This is a big day. We got Steve Cohen today. So he has his press conference at 1230. You'll be able to hear it on Barton Hahn. So we'll kind of get you ready for the day here as uh, we lead you up until Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin at 6. For all the amazing men and women of the armed forces who have served our country, are serving our country, and the incredible sacrifices they have made and are continuing to make. We want to recognize your loved ones this Veterans Day. So all you do, send us an email at 98.7 FM at ESPN.com. Obviously include their name, where they're from, the branch of military that they represent. Again, that's 98.7 FM at ESPN.com. And we will shout out your loved one's name on the air this Veterans Day. So to the men and women who have served, are still serving, 98.7 ESPN thanks you for your service and defending our freedom. Okay, it is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York, 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. Just to kind of recap, we talked about the Giants win. Good win, but I'm not going to use it as some jumping off point for now thinking, hey, the NFC East is up for grabs. If you want to prove that, you can do that. You can do that next week. Go and beat the Eagles. You, yeah, you never beat them. Rather than beating Washington, who you beat all the time, it'll show me a lot more if you can go out and beat a team that you never beat even though you played them close earlier this year. Uh, so that's the one thing. And then, obviously, the Regal Tumble is going on on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. And I will say this. I say this all the time. No show is safe. No show is safe. It is up to you. You are the voters. It's not up to me. I just kind of come up with these brilliant ideas and present them to you. And it's up to you to make sure that the vote goes the way it does. And today's entry, in case you're just joining us, is Star Trek. And I will say this. Early on, very strong performance. A lot of Trekkies out there. A lot of, a lot of weirdos. All right. who, who, I don't know who I appeal to, but that apparently is what you're telling me from the voting so far. I don't mean to insult the listener. Love the listener. You listen. You follow. Love you. But I'll just say, you know, Star Trek. When you got the other three options, I don't know. It seems a little strange. All right. Let's get some calls in. 1-800-919-ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go to Kenny in Jersey. Kenny, what's going on, my man? Hey, what's up, Gordon, man? How you doing? I'm good. All right, listen, you know, I've been calling this show for years, man, and I, I consider myself a very important caller. And I'm letting, I'm letting you know right now, Gordon, if the wire don't win, I'm not accepting the results, and I think there's some irregularities in the county. Uh, look, this is the one. Sh- this is the one area, Kenny, where there's you don't have to worry about any long recounts. The voting totals, the polling is always a hundred percent accurate, and it comes right down to however people vote. There's transparency. We don't have to have any recounts. We don't have to have any shadowy groups on on the outside. It is what it is, and it's up to you, people, as voters. So uh, I will just say I accept no responsibility for the results of the poll. All right. Well, I still think I think the wire should win hands down. So I'm a little concerned if they don't win. I, I'm not going to accept the results, and I'm going to uh, I'm going to seek further 
assistance with the accountant because I, okay. I, I think the accountant would be off. You can you can okay. fight it any way you want, but I'll just say it's uh, you know that's for something later on, Kenny. I would say right now just focus on the vote, and it is up on Twitter at Gordon Damer. How's that? All right. Hey, let me comment real quick, man. Um, those Cowboys, they kind of showed up a little bit yesterday, and uh, I'm kind of proud that the Giants won finally against. I mean, they ain't going to beat nobody else but Washington, like you said, but but that that riled up the Giants fans a little bit. Those two victories. Hey, look, you know, you got to win, uh, and you had to win that game. Kenny, thanks for the call. Uh, you have to win those games, right? Like, y you can't be one and eight. You know, two and seven doesn't sound great. One and eight sounds worse. And one and eight sounds worse when you think to yourself, hey, this is the one team we can beat, and then you don't beat that team. I mean, that's real. that would be really bad. So you have to be able to beat that team. You were able to beat that team. And I would say, even though it is Washington, and you, 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 can't, you, you know, that, that comes with a caveat, Jones didn't turn the ball over. He's done that basically every single week. So at least you got that. Now, it wasn't, it wasn't like it, it weren't some scary moments, right? You had the fumble that he's able to recover. Okay, fine. You take it and you move on and let's see if you can do something against the Eagles. I want to watch, I would like to be able to watch some relevant football. And if you can get a win against uh, the Eagles, then I would say you have to be relevant at that point. Then you can make the argument. Then it's not, then it's actually within the realm of, of possibilities, but not until then. Uh, let's go to Spike in Jersey. Spike, what's going on, my man? There he is. Spike, what's going on? Good morning and congratulations. Your team looking good. Your team is. <laughs> I have loved and lost, so I'm not going to get carried away. But yes, they well, did look very good yesterday. That was a gutty, gritty win, and the quarterback played well down the stretch. So uh, I he, will take it. He he really played composed, and the defense. I told you last week, the defense is a couple of guys in your defense are going to are going to be have long futures. It, it, it might have turned for you. I don't want to put the whammy on it, so I'll stop. But and the Giants, I thought uh, Daniel Jones played really well. He's very very accurate. I've been telling you that for a while. If he keeps the turnovers down and they beat anyone but Washington, I told Ray when he picked up and welcomed him aboard. That I thought Dallas, you know, the quarterback what was he fourth string. Yeah. The quarterback, I mean, he kept them in that game. Pittsburgh, you know, they've been asking out some wins, you know. So, uh, yeah. so we'll see. Uh, but last night, go figure. Tampa gets blown out. Couldn't have thought about that in a hundred years. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was very strange. I mean, uh, just from jump, they just did not look like uh, they were into it. And New Orleans now with Michael Thomas back, you have to think that maybe, you know, maybe they're... Uh, there was there's been some times this year where New Orleans looked like they were kind of kicking it around and Drew Brees and the arm strength and and maybe it's a little unfair to kind of judge them that way when they didn't have their top or one of their top offensive weapons of Michael Thomas and now that he's back uh, I think maybe you're starting to see that they are they were able to get those wins even without him those were good wins to get because uh, they could they're going to be a factor right like whoever comes out of that division's got to step up on everybody else and it doesn't look like it's going to be the bucks now because they got swept by uh, the saints in the in, in the season series well, they might have buried Drew Brees too early. You know, arm strength's one thing, accuracy, and his system works. So uh, I wouldn't put him away so fast. You never know. We'll see. We'll see. It's a long way to go. He tied at the end of last year also. Yeah. And, Spike, thanks for the call because we're going to get run here. Uh, but uh, I think what it tells you is that the NFC is kind of wide open, right? Like from week to week, you don't know what you're going to get. So, uh, you know, for the Saints, they're sitting in a good position now, but would it really be that much of a shock if a week from now we're saying to ourselves, you know what, the Saints, we, maybe we crowned them a little too quickly. It seems like the NFC is pretty wide open this year. Speaking of wide open, the Regal Tumble right now, right at this very second, is wide open. The Sopranos, at least in the early vote, 
Not doing now. I don't know what counties are going to come in later, but the Sopranos are not doing very well right now, people. And if you want to talk about people being upset with somebody getting knocked out, the Sopranos get knocked out. I'll be very upset. But we're back tomorrow. We'll have Steve Cohn reaction. We'll have the Jets. We'll have the poop rankings are returning, and of course the Regal Tumble continues. We'll see you tomorrow, starting at five, ninety-eight point seven FM, ESPN, New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on ninety-eight point seven ESPN.